Yo, addicts, what's up? It's your boy Rod. It's been a rough week. Sometimes you gotta breathe. That's all you gotta do. Hope you're tuned in. Hope you're sitting down, pouring yourself a nice drink. Get ready to rock with us. As always, hail. Breathe. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck, I fucked up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we all heard the uh, outstanding breaking news yesterday that came out of D.C., Washington Post, and we didn't hear the things that we thought we would hear. Uh, So our first segment, we're going to talk about Jay Jerkin, explicit deleted. So that's Bibbs, Swearinger, Jay using Tinder, whatever. All the salient points that we heard and all the rumors leading up to the Washington Post publication yesterday of the uh, 15 women who were uh, sexually harassed uh, at the Redskins Park, I guess, or within the organization. None of the the real juicy rumors that we were tracking came to light. Uh, a couple hours ago, we saw DJ Swearinger post uh, to his Instagram a, uh, a text, text message from Jay Gruden. I think it was about two years ago, 2018. Jay Gruden, like, challenged that dude to a fight. Super, super fucking dysfunction under the last regime. I think hopefully we're clearing it up. But what's your guys' takes on Jay Jerkin? Hey, I like it. (laughs) I mean, mean, you know, hey, man, you're going to talk crazy on the radio, man. I'm right here, bro. I'm right here, man. And I can fire your ass. And he did. I like Swearinger, too, man. That's what sucked. That year Swearinger was there was his best year, by the way. I like Swearinger. He did his thing, man. So he talked about the coach and all he wanted to, but that was his best year he ever had in the NFL when he played with us. He's been on two or three other teams since he left. So it is what it is. But, you know, he should have fought him. He should have did like I did at Marion. Be like, come on, Jay, I'll meet you there. Tell me where you at. I I think equally funny, he didn't even have his coach saved in his contacts. He literally hit him back with a who this. (laughs) It just shows how fucking retarded – I'm sorry. Some people think that word is repulsive, but it just shows how stupid the damn organization was under the previous regime, man. Like, challenging people to fights. You don't even have your coach's phone number in your phone. Never Having, go for a retard. Go, going, going back and forth with Capri Bibbs' side chick or Jay Gruden's side chick. Like, it's what, – what the hell was going on? No. See, here's the thing. That Capri Bibbs shit kills me because, A – I thought Capri Bibbs was a great replacement for an injured Chris Thompson. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this guy, you know, does all the things that Gruden wanted to do with uh, with Chris Thompson. You yep. know, and he's a little bit bigger, so he's a little more durable. I just thought he, I was like, damn, this guy's going to help make this offense go as a checkdown back. And then suddenly he stops playing, and then suddenly he gets cut. And I just remember thinking, what the hell happened? This makes no sense. We're going to replace him with Byron Marshall. And I always, we always heard all this great stuff about Byron Marshall that never translated. Yeah, we yeah, see Byron Marshall's college highlights, man. They make you cry. He's so nice. Like that dude. It's almost like when I saw Antonio Gibson's highlights, I was like, man, that dude looked unbelievable for about twenty carries. Yeah, well, we saw what happened with Marshall. Now, yeah. the thing is, we had evidence that Bibbs could make this go. He mm-hmm. he fit yep. the role, and all of a sudden, we find out that oh, he was nailing Jay's side piece who, by the way, worked for the organization, too. Um, Receptionist. So there's a lot of dipping in company ink oh, going on here. God. See, I ain't never smashed a girl y'all work with. Do what? 
Y'all ain't never smashed no girls y'all work with? I'll put you there. Not without making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, girls girls look better when you make millions of dollars, bro. Yeah, who, who, sma- who smashed hey, first? Like, hey, 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 Sean, hey. You, sound, you sound 180 from, from your sentiment yesterday. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it to be sound misogynistic. It did. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is that, that man, like it's like the Tiger Woods theory. You know, like everybody clowns Tiger Woods for cheating with 16 girls. But I'm like, the reason y'all clowning Tiger Woods for messing with 16 girls is because there's not 16 girls that want to fuck you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Tiger Woods pull up to the club in a Maserati, man. He ain't got to say shit to a girl. They want to fuck him. I go to the uh, club in my little broken up ass Hummer. They gonna be like, "What do you do for a living? Who are you? What do you? You know?" They got ask me a hundred. I got spit game and shit. No, 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 no. Nah, when Tiger Woods is picking up chicks at the same spots that I can, like Perkins, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a problem. That's true. That part is true. <laughs> I mean, but with Capri Bibbs, it was like he got released and then he got picked up by Miami, Miami? like immediately. Wasn't it Miami? I have to look it up. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, He got picked up immediately, though. And yeah, I'm with you guys. I think he was he was a perfect replacement for um, Chris Thompson after battling that injury. And he was a scat back. He was quick. He had a couple explosive plays, especially towards. um, you know, spot spot plays where we're like, who is this dude? And all of a sudden, he's like, damn, he's pretty. Didn't he game for us off a screen or something? He did. Yeah, yeah I remember um, that. That dude was pretty nice. I guess this no, I wasn't Saints. I know he did. Maybe it's Cowboys. Cowboys. Next week is cut. The the most damning thing about all of this, I think, the Capri, the Capri Bib stuff is absolutely ridiculous. But it goes to show that he wasn't picking the best players. Right. And he fought for, say, over the final roster, and this is what he does with it. And then there was the reports all along that Jay Gruden wasn't really a hard worker at his job. And then you see him after hours on the street corner smoking Lucy's and talking to 19-year-old chicks. And it just it, it, it really boils down to what a waste the five years that he was with us mm-hmm. was. It, all, it, it also makes you go back and say, well, dang, was Robert really that bad? Or did Jay Gruden just not want to put the effort into helping him in 2000, what was it, 15 and 14, um, and that Kirk was an easier project, so he went with that because Jay Gruden didn't want to put in the time. And then you go to ha- and then you go to Haskins. He didn't want to bother Haskins last year because that was effort. And so he decided to go with the easier option, uh, or he tried to go with the easier option of um, uh, Keenum, right? And that kind of blew up in his face. And just, man, what – a different place we could be in if we had a coach that cared about what he was doing and not using his position of power to get young girls to come hang out with him. Right. Like I remember reports were like last year, he was trying to get fired and blah, 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 blah. It's such a sad excuse for somebody taking a job. His brother has a legacy in the NFL. I did not particularly like the hire of Jay Gruden no. uh, originally. I was on it. And I remember, and, and the Bengals kept doing what they do when he left, you know, with Hugh Jackson and those folks. And I was like, man, I don't know why the organization was so excited about getting them other than Bruce Allen had ties to him from Tampa. But it just, man, I, I dislike him more now that this stuff is coming out because he just pissed away five years or four, or whatever it was, four or five years of our franchise. Well, Jay Gruden down here, he's, he's notoriously known for like, 
Louisville. Being, yeah, for like for like for like going to bars before games. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like the local Brett Farvey type of guy, man. Did you see out of the bar later on? That's the rumor. He's he's older than I am. I was a kid when he played, but um, that's the kind of the thing. He was never really great, but he was always one. He was always real good, man. He's always real feisty. He died for the last yard. He was that kind of guy. But I think in in the NFL, he became famous because he was a good play creator. He he drew up plays really nice. I don't think he even called plays in Cincinnati, but he drew them up. So, well, he became famous because of who his brother was. Well, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah, fact yeah. that he had the opportunity to be successful. One, and Jay, John Gruden told a story once about how Jay Gruden was always better at John at things naturally. Yeah, right. uh, do you guys remember it's that story? It's in, it's in John's book. Yeah. If you remember that story, go ahead and tell it because I'm going to chop, I'm going to butcher it. Basically, but. John, both John and Jay were on the football team. John was working out all summer. You know, he's he's lifting, he's running, he's doing everything. And Jay's just sitting on the couch watching, you know, TV and eating uh, chips. And John starts uh, kind of ragging on him about it one day. Like, yo, I'm going to smoke you this year in football. And they start going back and forth. And like John says, I'll race you around the block. And Jay smoked him. Yeah, just blew him away because Jay and he says because everything came so much more naturally and easy to Jay. And guess what? It's like the smart kid in elementary school who doesn't never learns how to study. And then they get to college and they never form study habits and they flunk out because they never knew how to do things. That was me. That was the best football player on every team. He was on, but he got got to the NFL. He didn't make the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the minute he had to put in work, he fell apart. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy that your life is that, in, like, as a kid, is that indicative of what your future is, man? That's that's such a cautionary tale. Work at the takes over when talent leaves, man. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't. You, it just, man, that infuriates me what he did or didn't do for us for so long. We could be in such a different place as an organization, as a team, if we hired somebody else. Like, think about, like, a Who's a guy that uh, I want winners? That cat from uh, the 49ers, uh, the linebacker who used to play for the Bears. Somebody oh, Singletary. Like that. Singletary. Singletary, right. Yeah. I mean, God, he, this organization would be – we might have won a Super Bowl. We might have won eight and eight every that year. That dude's record was trash, though. It was, but, man, he started to turn things around, and then I think they kind of got tired of his, you know – And your coordinator his, now? His, uh, San Fran? I don't know. Somewhere? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I don't think he's coaching anymore right now. If you go back to Jay in, in his time with the Bengals, they had they had the, the right people in the right places. You had Andy Dalton, who's he's not a great quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a he's a solid starter. We'll put it that way. He's an, a very solid starter, average above average. He might not win your game, but he might not lose your game. I kind of think he's like an Alex Smith ish guy. Um, they had Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. Like a that's a great combo when they were in their prime you know bernard was the scat back and and hill i mean he was just a good good all around running back you had uh what's his name um aj green in his prime you know busting out thousand yard seasons they also had muhammad sanu back then and um they had a couple different tight ends i think uh what's his name jermaine gresham was was a good one at that time um uh, yeah tyler eifert um, and jason campbell was actually back i think he was the backup to andy dalton of course we, we know him they had um um, Rex Burkhead came through there. The guy who was on the uh, the Patriots for a while, but um, 
they had a good team. And they, when you notice, he, if, did you guys ever watch the Hard Knocks when uh, the Bengals were on the Hard Knocks? I watched. Yep. I watch Hard Knocks every year. Um, you could just Jay was just like he was just there, like no personality. Like Hugh Jackson kind of stole the show of that one. I think he was either the running backs coach or the DBs coach for them eventually he got promoted yeah um just so much more personality so much like player motivation john was i mean jay was just like he was just there so and his office i I just think those people would have like like i think you said it ellie they they functioned even when he left to the same exact level that just shows you what what was missed with him being there versus him being gone and we come to ours you know it was my way or the highway it was i'm not changing my offense for anything here's my offense robert either get in where you fit in or leave like no coach really does that like andy not andy reed but uh who's the bruce arians the the uh when he took over the bucks was it last oh, year yeah, 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 yeah. opening press conference hey what's your system normally you do this he goes my system is the player's strengths whatever my players can do well I'm going to have them do it. Whatever they can't do, I'm not going to have them do it. Imagine if that philosophy was on the Redskins. You wouldn't have Ryan Kerrigan in coverage. You wouldn't have Montez Sweat in coverage. You wouldn't have uh, uh, our quarterbacks passing 50 times a game when they're not used to doing that. It just just saddens me that, like you said, I think we wasted five years of our lives. And I think we're still paying Jay for one more year. He signed a – he signed a five-year deal in 15 and then the two-year extension in 17. So that's seven years out of 2015. So that might be a 2021 season. I don't know how it works when they leave. It's a settlement. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's well, all guaranteed. Did you got, didn't you? My, my salary also is Dr. Memphis Express, by the way. Look, look, Jay's down south, I understand, playing golf. And instead of sitting out at one loud and at Bar Louie getting smashed and trying to bang college chicks. <laughs> Are you imagine? He's a Jacksonville. He's a Jacksonville yep, OC. He is. Um, you imagine you guys, you guys, <laughs> Oh my God! Did you guys ever go to training camp when Jay Gruden yep. was a coach? No. Yeah. I remember. I, w- I went with my boy uh, Brian, uh, and we showed up. I went a couple years, and I was like, "Man, this is an NFL practice." Like they were just playing music, doing a whole lot of nothing at practice. Guys were walking around stretches half the guys weren't even stretching it was just like there was just nothing and then joe jay would come over and like you know do a little playful punches you know to the guy's chest or whatever and then run back to the huddle and it was just like this is bad and then we had that whole houston fiasco when the texans came the fight dude it was like we just don't we aren't in the same league as these guys and and that's what dj swearinger was talking about he called him out on it twice that's exactly what DJ Swearinger was pissed off about. No discipline. Yeah. We don't practice. We're basically doing walkthroughs at every practice. Like this is this every is what time. DJ said, and that's why he was canned. Going back to the text messages, hey, so you want to play? Like, what kind of coach says that to his, says that to his player? Like, was he trying to square up a throw down? That's probably like, why we were so injured the past couple of years too. Because yeah. the you go from walkthroughs Monday through Friday, no, very little physical activity. And you're only hitting on game day. Like I, I played high school ball and I wasn't good. Like I'm six, four. Now I graduated high school, at like five, eight and a half. I was a fucking small dude who after really dude, I, I stopped growing or had like just a, I didn't grow until I hit college. I, I went to college, came back freshman year for like the holidays. And everyone was like, Holy shit. You're six, one and a half. Now I'm like, I didn't know more baggy clothes. I literally had no idea I'd fucking grown until I was looking at my father eye to eye instead of looking up to him. And then, yeah, I graduated college at 6'4". But even in high school, we would hit. 
we would hit hard. We would play and get pissed off. There'd be mm-hmm. fights amongst teammates in high school. And then you hear DJ Swearinger in the NFL, like you just said, Steve, like getting frustrated, calling people out, saying, hey, like, what are we doing? Like, there's no accountability. We're not going hard. We're not doing what needs to be done to be a competitive football team. I'm just – I'm happy Jay Jerkin dudes is gone. That's, that's all I fucking care about. Fuck Jay Gruden. Wish him the best. Not with us. The one that pisses me off is um, – so you got a couple of players coming out, right? Capri Bribs, he came – he told this story on Jack Gruden's Instagram, right? Was he talking to Jack, Jack Gruden? Isn't that, wasn't that how it was broken? Because I guess everyone loves yeah. Jack Gruden. He's a good guy. I guess good kid. I mean, excuse me. All the players like him. Um, Ain't that Jay's son? Swear- it, it is Jay's son. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, time, real good big. Time out, it is. Like, yeah. So he's – Capri Bibbs is telling Jay Gruden's son that him and his dad – had a love triangle with some random trick. Yes, he was on Instagram <laughs> Live with Jack Gruden. I follow him up because no because Jack Gruden. Oh, Jack Gruden started it. He said something, <laughs> I think, that was maybe unflattering. And Capri Bibbs is like, "No, your yeah, mom's well, ugly. Here's something that's gonna ruin your life. <laughs> Damn, yeah. get your therapist ready because oh, here you go." <laughs> oh man, oh, but I think when when DJ Swinger was calling these other. The coaches and players out. I'm. I know for a fact he was talking about Josh Norman. I know because remember he talked about. Well, there's some high-profile players that just don't want to put in the work to be to be great. I know he was talking about Josh Norman because we didn't have any other, I guess, large salary people besides Josh Norman and Trent Williams. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if, if you're talking about Josh Norman. Um, and then who's who was the the other linebacker that we were arguing about? Zach Brown. Zach Brown came out on Instagram like a like he was like ah, ha, 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 I told y'all y'all talk bad about me look what happened I'm like dude I mean I I like Zach Brown I wish we would have kept him at least one more year but he he I think that was a Bruce Allen thing but he was pissed too he was just like yeah you know it just sucks that former players are like throwing us back in our face now but we got bigger and better things to worry about we're moving on hell yeah so as we talk about Moving on, best worst case scenarios for this uh, 2020 Washington NFL team. Where do we where do we stand moving forward? Well, I think we're starting to realize the worst case scenario for Ron Rivera, which can ultimately turn into the best case scenario. I think this, all of this crap that's happened recently with Ron Rivera and no team present is the worst case for Ron Rivera. I would really like to see what Ron Rivera can do with this football team, just focusing on football, right? Like, and if, even if he has a little bit of GM responsibilities, cultivating talent, I don't care about that. But crisis management should not be part of what his job title is. And that's already here, and we haven't even had a single practice. Not even one practice with this guy. No mini camps, no nothing. This is worst-case scenario to me for him. Um you know, and, and best case scenario for the coaching staff this year is for them to somehow pull out a season where we look respectable on the field. Before I was like playoffs, I still I'm still going to stick to that. But with all this crap going on, if they can make us look respectable, that's the best case scenario for the coaching staff for me. By the way, they're taking the the, uh, the logo and the name off of Madden right now. <laughs> yep. For for me, I was Sean. I was thinking about that too. Like. It's not necessarily a, a franchise worst case scenario, but it, I think it 
it sort of elevates the necessity to get a name though. Like it worst case worst case scenario, we head into training camp without an identity. And it's I, I get the team identity and changing the culture and all the other stuff, but like literally who are we gonna root for? I don't think the franchise or maybe they are hemorrhaging fans. There there's some people that are pissed off at yesterday's report. Some people uh, saw it for what it was, a an, an horrible um, snapshot of time, and, and hopefully uh, the organization is moving forward in the right direction. But it's not really the, the, the sky is crumbling. But do you want to move forward with your official representation? Because there, there are a lot of casual fans that they watch football every once in a while, they play video games, and if we're just Washington – where, what does that even mean for us, man? I don't know. I think we have an I think we have an opportunity here. So worst case scenario is that this what we're dealing with right now just drags and becomes a distraction, and you know the, the, everything just kind of fumbles out the gate. However, I just don't see that with Ron. Like he's. Ron had a quick response to this story yesterday. Ron has a quick response to everything. So the guy seems to be always be ahead of the curve. And I think that he's already got plenty of ideas of how they're going to handle a shortened uh, uh, offseason with, you know, with no mini camps, no nothing, having to do everything by Zoom and by, you know, virtual conference, having to do mini camp or having to do training camp, two preseason games, and off to the races we go. Um, I do think that the lack of people attending training camp, since they just announced no fans at training camp, I think that's a good thing because now they don't have any prying eyes. You can install this thing confidently. You don't have all the leaks that are going to be coming out about player performance issues, things like that. It all stays in-house. And I think that this is an opportunity. We're a team without an identity. We have a new coach, a lot of young players, and we're trying to find a new name for this team. It is time we forge a new identity. Maybe now we're not going to be burdened by the last 20 years that have given us an identity to a whole generation of people all across this country that watch football. We don't have to deal with that anymore. Right now, and I think if you're Ron Rivera, you can say this, today we start a brand new identity, a brand new chapter. It is day one. Amen. So I think the worst case, the worst case, um, I think you guys, I'm taking a different angle that you guys is that um, this thing continues to blow up in our face and more stuff does come out, hard evidence um, and draft picks. They're going to recoup some draft picks and Dan sells a team. Like to me, that's the doomsday scenario. Draft picks recoup, Dan sells the team. And then, you know, A-Rod and J-Lo Investment Group buys buys the Redskins. Uh, just kidding on that last part. Um, best case, uh, Jerry Jones caught smoking crack, you know, with hookers at the hotel. <laughs> Not going to happen either. No. Best case, hopefully something new comes up that can kind of deflect this this attention to somewhere else. Like um, if, if uh, another story pops up, if this sort of material pops up on another team, because maybe maybe this is happening across many franchises and people are going to feel emboldened to come forward, which they absolutely should. Um, 
but best case attorney comes in, she makes recommendations. Those recommendations are implemented. Um, we get our new name, we move on and we, we look like a performing football, like a normal franchise that operates like you should in the NFL. And this all gets put behind us in our inaugural season as the red wolves. So, um, <laughs> pick your name. Um, that's my best case. That's my best case scenario. And worst case scenario. Sean, what about you? Man. What's the question? <laughs> what's our what's the best case <laughs> and worst case already. scenario? He is. What's the best and worst case scenario for the year? No, for, yeah, based on what's happened so far with, with all the, well, uh, the stuff that's you know going on. Best case scenario, we I, I think I think that we still have the it could unite our team. It could unite our team. It could make our guys be, uh, you know, become closer. It could be something that becomes a rallying point for some odd reason. Um, but it also could be like, who gives a shit? You know, I, I'm hoping it doesn't turn toward the way the players don't care anymore, or it just becomes everything becomes so much of a distraction. But I think we could at least win six games. If we did that, I think we'd get some respect. We need to win the damn division. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome, but it's not going to happen. I made a $200 so. bet last night that we will. It better fucking happen. You, you lost $200, <laughs> bro. You want to just burn that so, down. I, 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 I got to revise my 6-10 finish. <laughs> best, best case, I will say this, best case scenario, I can actually see us winning the division. This is not that hard of a division to win. It's, it's not. Man. We're we're a division. We're a division. Our division winners are nine and ten game win winning teams, right now. All right, Philly is overrated as fuck. We've seen that. What was it? Philly was what top five team last year going into the season? What ten and six wild card loss? Real top five. Dallas, Dallas should be good this year though. Five, nine wins. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. I'm, nobody in our division impresses me. I don't look at any team in that division and go, oh, my God, that's a juggernaut. I think Dallas – somebody just said Dallas uh, should be good this year. I think they run the risk of what we saw with Kirk Cousins, though. Um, franchising that, that that quarterback historically, that quarterback has always performed worse. Um, and quarterbacks playing under the franchise tag. I think Dak, hopefully for us, best-case scenario, yeah, Dak goes out and trying to play hero ball stinks it up. And that's one less compared because I don't think that I don't think the Giants are going to jump into a competitive mode yet. It's it's literally the Redskins are the third place team, even though we didn't finish in third last year. Um, I think it's more realistic. Philly and Dallas have the chances to win the division. But if one of them fall off, um, I think the Redskins are within the puncher's chance of, of surprising some folks. Best case scenario. Look, look beyond this year, though, because. I think that everything, all the cards are starting to fall, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Redskins' favor. Um, the the NFL is talking about reducing the salary cap next year due to not having fans in the stadium this year. We have the most young players on rookie contracts of anybody in the division. Yeah. You if Dallas has to play under a significantly reduced salary cap, they are screwed, right? Same thing with Philly. 
in New York is just trash. I'm sorry. And I, I, I honestly believe that New York should be looking for another quarterback next year in the draft. I don't, Daniel Jones is not it. Um, Saquon's a beast, but, you know, he's a running back, and so his impact is, is only so much. We have everything in place, provided, you know, uh, Haskins comes along, which I think we all here believe he will. Um, we get our running back situation figured out because while I like AP, he is not the future of this team at running back. Um, and our defensive line comes together the way that we expect it to. You can live with some secondary deficiencies if you have a great pass rush. <clears throat> and those guys are on rookie contracts mostly. This is shaping up for us to have a really big run over the next five to seven years if we can just get our crap together in-house to let it happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see. It can work. Hey, Ron is going to have the he's already oh, he's already in the running for comeback comeback coach of the year. For real, he might, nobody he might win comeback executive of the year based upon what he's been doing in DC. I feel bad. I like well, he might end up with cum on his back the way the Washington. You should be you should be focusing on instilling, you know, the four three with Del Rio, not a name change and then not sexual harassment in the organization you just took over. But I've heard two radio personalities in the DC area say he's the senior vice president of play, uh, player personnel. I've not seen that anywhere else. So I don't know if they're talking out the side of their neck or that's actually oh, yeah. a thing. Because um, if it is, then basically he's almost, I'm sorry, president of football operations is what I meant to say, which is basically what Bruce Allen was. So um, it, it's looking like Dan's trying to make him that. So am I crazy? Uh, no. All indications are that this is right now like Ron's the higher profile figure, so he they, they he, he's still being kept as kind of the face. But in terms of the day to day stuff, from everything I'm hearing, this is Kyle Smith's getting a trial run at it. They're just not going to give him the title until Ron says Ron and, and Dan both come to the conclusion that they're both comfortable with Kyle in that position. I, I it's going to be go ahead. No, I was going to say. It, it's crazy. We're talking best and worst case scenarios. I mean, training camp starts in what twelve days, give or take. No less than less that. Than it's that. it's yeah. I mean, well, I think the actual practices start in okay. twelve days, but they report in eight days or something like that. If we don't know if we're having a preseason or not, do we? Do we know for sure? Two games. Yeah. I've heard two games loaded. Who's calling our play by play? Larry Michael's about to get hemmed <clears throat> up in this in this stuff. We don't. Ha I mean, so. I'm interested to see what happens with that. So in preseason, they didn't call it anyway, I don't think. I think it was uh, Joe Theismann and the other. That was on TV. Uh, radio yeah. was still Larry Michael. Did they, I, oh, I thought they just simulcasted the radio broadcast onto the – I mean, the TV broadcast onto the radio yeah. during preseason. I could be wrong. Okay. I used to listen to, so yeah, we need to figure yeah, I used to listen to the games on my way home from the gym before I catch the rest of it at home. Yeah, they used the regular radio team. That's a good question, yeah. though, Steve. I mean, we know Sonny Jurgensen retired last year. We know Larry Michael yep. retired on the eve of the Washington Post sexual harassment article. Yeah, who? It's it's an important but question the to that, for the for the fan base. Like, we we don't have the Redskins lore and identity anymore. Um, we don't have Larry Michael, who found out he was a scumbag yesterday. But for the past fifteen years, he was twelve, fifteen years. He was the voice of Redskins radio. Um, mm -hmm. 
I mean, Sonny Jurgensen done it for decades, and I mean, we lost him last year. Who the hell is going to call our place? Who, who would you guys like to see uh, be the radio play-by-play announcers in DC? Like, what's a, I, what's a I, voice I, that pops up near her that, that you want to hear that's going to get you pumped up but is soothing the hair at the same time? Until they find a permanent replacement that really is going to be that guy. Please give me the nostalgia. And I know this guy still has the voice. He still has his wits about him. I've seen him speak. Frank Herzog. Frank Herzog. (laughs) I knew it. I love Frank Herzog. Give me Frank Herzog. Channel 9. Channel 9, I think it was. God, that's my childhood right there. Please. I have no idea who that is. Frank Herzog was the voice of the Washington Redskins up until 2000 or, 2000, or 2003. 2004. Yep, I'm looking at it. 2004. Yeah. Um, if you ever listen to those old highlight clips of the Redskins in the 80s and so forth, and you hear that signature, touchdown, Washington Redskins, that's Frank Herzog. Frank had a very distinctive voice. Like you heard him. I, I mean, I, I know all of his little, all of his little idiosyncrasies when he called. You know, he talked about Redskins moving left to right across your radio dial, things like that. Just like the little, the little things. And it, it was just he had a really distinctive voice. He bantered well with Sonny and Sam. Of course, Sonny and Sam were 20, 30 years younger too. But the guy's class and fans still to this day miss him and will will shit all over Larry Michael telling him. You're not Frank Herzog. I've seen it on on social media to this day. You're not Frank Herzog. You never will be Frank Herzog. And it's like I think that for those of us who are longtime fans and have to deal with all this bullshit in the past month with this franchise, we could use the soothing um, nostalgic tune of Frank Herzog for one season at least. I just see Dan going with a no fail because Larry Michael is, he was not just the voice of the Redskins. He was a senior vice president of communications. So he did so much more than just radio and play by play. He dealt with public relations. He dealt with so much crap. And for him to just say, I ain't coming to work no more. Peace. Like that's, that's how I think we know that a lot of these accusations are true. Like someone that vested in the, in the organization doesn't just not show up and quit. Um, especially if he was innocent. Right. So um, play by play. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good person to, to propose for a play by play, but I see Dan going with some, he, I think him, I see him splitting these roles. Like there'll be a play by play person, but he's going to hire someone to be that um, director of community, Senior VP of Communications, as somebody you know, whoever that's going to be. But I see him going with like a Joe Theismann for play-by-play, just because it's safe. And you know, he chose an outsider to be the voice of the Redskins prior to. I don't think he's going to make that choice anymore. I think it's an easy win if you just pick someone that we already know. I guess Frank could fit that boat too, but I think Joe Theismann because he's already doing it. I don't like him as a commentator, but it's just Joe's, sounds- a yeah. guy. Joe's a color guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Frank was a play. I got a name guy. for you. You 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 have to play by play guy has to just get the number get the numbers the facts and the figures right and you let you let color yeah. guys and we have two color guys who play well off each other just let me have Chris Cooley I'm good did so let me ask you guys did Cooley take a step back from the organization nope. because he used to do something for the website and now he doesn't like his film breakdowns he stopped doing that yep. 
Um, well, is he still associated with he do, he could, the Redskins in that capacity? He is. He couldn't get into Redskins Park during the whole COVID lockdown because they the place was closed. And his studio was at okay. the park where he had all the equipment where he could do the film breakdowns and everything. So I was worried he got. Uh, I was worried he got wrapped up in all this stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he snagged himself a cheerleader and got and, and, and wiped it up. He was smart. So okay, so here's my name. Here's my name. And he's very familiar with DC um, sports, a beloved figure in DC, and I think he would make perfect sense. Steve Buckhans, yeah. who was recently oh, fired. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And then you get him a nice player as a color commentator beside him. And whether that's Cooley, you know, again, I don't love Cooley's radio voice. And, you know, if I'm listening to on radio, that matters. Um, or somebody like that, an ex-player. Um, I could that would that would make too much sense for DC because we're so familiar with him. The other the people that I think you could look at was Kevin Sheehan calls games for some colleges. Yep, he's got a good voice. Uh, he's, a, he's a big radio presence. Yep. Um, and then you can look at former guys that were local guys that kind of went to professional or bigger networks. Scott Hansen, who does the red zone stuff. He would never leave NFL network to call Redskins games, mm-hmm. but he does a tremendous job there too. But my, my number one would be Steve Buck Hansen. If I'm Dan Snyder, I'm already calling him to come do this stuff and say, Hey, come be our, our play-by-play guy. I mean, he would kill it. Mm-hmm. I, was going, I was on the Steve Buck uh, train. When they were when they were yeah. talking about firing him, I was doing that hashtag save buck all over Wizards forums. Yeah, him and Phil Chenier. A terrible decision by Leonsis. Separate subject. Oh but. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Who makes the call to hire these people? <laughs> uh, well, apparently it's Dan. Is it, is it <laughs> there, Dan? There's I mean, nobody else right now, right? Well, hold on a second. Whoever Dan well, puts in that B whoever Dan puts in that VP position that Larry Michael had. We'll probably make that call. But given that the radio voice, the play-by-play voice of the team is so intertwined with the image and the branding, Dan's going to have a say in that. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I mean, you look at the the hierarchy of the, the organization. Dan is at the top, obviously. But you're, you're scrolling down the page. We have no general manager. You got the ownership group. Doug Williams is at the top. If, if they're doing in a hierarchy type approach, senior vice president of player development. I don't know if that dude would hire. Don Ward made a website. Did he? He did. I don't see it yet, but I so did Eric Stokes. I think what I'm getting to is because we can't clearly throw out a name and say, oh, yeah, this person hired him. I kind of would lean back towards Rivera and are we putting too much on Ron's plate? I mean, he's a coach, GM, sort of team president, the name change guru. And we're two weeks, less than two weeks from training camp. Like it just. Damn whisperer. I want to have a successful 2020 campaign, but it, it almost looks like we're failing before we even took off the ground. I uh, I think I think this is I think there's a lot of good that comes out of this. I mean, when's the last time anybody's mentioned Haskins rookie year? Now that all the stuff is going on, um, and Haskins has been working very hard. And so if he comes out of this and he starts performing early on, I think you know we benefit selfishly from some of this stuff. Ron Rivera has way too much on his plate though, and if he hires the the radio guys he might as well just pack it up and quit now because if he has to do that type of stuff, it's, it's over. 
I know he has very tenured coaches under him, like Zampezi as a quarterback's coach and um, our guy uh, Del Rio as a coordinator. So I think Ron can be pretty hands-off with some of that stuff. Uh, and maybe that's why he was able to hire those expensive guys because he knew he was going to facilitate this more in a team president role um, and just kind of leave the defense to Del Rio and leave the offense to Scott Turner. Um, and if so, then that makes more sense. I wish they would clarify that a little bit yeah. so that we're not over here panicking that because we think Ron's going to be day to day, you know, football, meat and potatoes and all that other stuff. But if you really look at the assistants, maybe he's not going to be. And that's kind of what freed him up for this. It's a coach-centric approach. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we get. Well, let's let's look at it this way, too. Ron has a Svengali-like presence over, over Dan. Like, whatever he wants, Dan will do. We haven't had that in a long time. Uh, Joe Gibbs may be the only person who had – anywhere near this level of getting Dan to do what he wanted Dan to do. Clout. And, and honestly, Joe wasn't the type to flex that kind of clout. So Ron is, we're, we're seeing it. So I think that maybe he's got too much on his plate, but as long as it's kind of pointing everything in the right direction initially, and then you hire the people that you delegate these responsibilities off, off to, once things are pointing in a certain direction, then you go. Ron should not be hiring the play-by-play guy. But Ron kind of being the face of the team and not Dan, because we all know Dan hates that role. Whatever it seems to work right now, Ron isn't sh- Ron showing a, an on top of things nature that doesn't tell me that he's worn down by it yet. So, I mean, I can handle a yep. one off season. However, all these pieces should be in place by the first of September. We don't. One important thing: we don't know. Ron's salary either. That was never disclosed. No, right? I was just trying to find that. I can't find it anywhere. That's important because if Ron's making, and I don't think he would have signed on for $4 million a year, but that's expendable. But if he's making $8, 9000000 million a year, you know he's going to be here for the full time. The other thing is, and, and Phil, I think you were going here, all of this crap that's coming out is only empowering Ron. Yep. And Dan cannot interfere with that in any way because Ron is saving Dan's behind right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have – how long – does it say how long his deal was, Steve? Like, uh, whatever that time duration is, Ron's going to have full autonomy over this organization. That might be a win. Yeah, just, just a five-year contract for Ron, but yeah. no details. I could have sworn I heard six a year, so it was like five years, five years, thirty million. He was making uh, six and a half in in Carolina. Yeah, and he was like the seventh, the seventh no highest way. paid head coach at that time. But you know, we pay, we always pay coaches out the wazoo. No, here, for so sure. But if, especially if he came higher. in, I, I think that's a, a good thing that Ellie brought up. The point, like, if he came in with executive type salary attached yep. to his name. Then maybe maybe too much isn't on his plate. Maybe he he fucking he blew Dan's doors off and said, "Hey, I can do it, man. Like if you want someone to do it all, 
I can do it. And he's bringing I, – I think it kind of pissed me off a little bit where I'm like, dude, we're turning – I hated the Bruce Allen, Tampa North attribution for the Redskins, and I start to think the same yeah. way with a lot of uh, Ron's hires have been, you know, former Panther, former Panther, former Panther um, executives or just, you know, folks within the scouting department or offensive coordinators, what have you. Um, but if, if he's thinking – more along the executive side and obviously the coaching side as well, then it, it makes a little bit more sense to to get people who already you already know think like you in the coaching side of things to allow you to, to kind of flex your executive muscle a little bit more frequently. I don't think he expected this to happen this quickly. When we talk about the name change, we all say like, hey, it's it's probably something that was brewing for a couple of months. It didn't just happen on the spur of the moment. It was kind of society forced us into it, but it seems like I think Ellie, you said that a couple of pods ago that, Hey, this is something that's kind of been brewing. I just don't know if, if Ron was thinking, Hey, 2020 in July, I'm going to change the fucking name in the organization. So. Right. Guys, thank God we did not hire Eric B enemy who I, who I thought made a lot of sense for us. And the reason I say that is, and maybe Dan knew better, but all this stuff breaks about the women's harassment. Eric Benemy has a criminal charge oh. for some, yeah, for something relating to a woman, and that's why he can't get a head coaching job or hasn't gotten one yet. I think maybe it was a, a domestic or he hit a woman or something like that. No, no, no. Could you imagine all of this stuff breaking, and that's our coach? And now he has to speak up and say, we're not going to tolerate this in our organization. Oh. Yo, I had no idea. I'm Googling this I'm, shit now. Wow, dude. I didn't either. And then we signed Ray Rice. <laughs> <laughs> and Har- and Harvey. <laughs> Man, I tell you, dude, wow. we got lucky. Lucky because Eric Benemy was a front runner from yeah. what I heard for a long time. But my Michael Bell, Darren Sharp, out of prison and put him in safety. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That that would have been a disaster, and it would have just man. We would, oh my god! Thank goodness. That's all I got to say is thank goodness. Well, hopefully, we just end up with a little fine out of all this, and you know, the office gets front office gets revamped for the better, and it's just something you don't have to worry about ever again. That seems like yeah, they get, that seems like who's running our front office? The guys at Dunder Mifflin, <laughs> Michael Scott, fucking got Toby in the front office. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Scott, and I know you're not talking about this, but Scott McLuhan did an interview today Ooh. and gave a, a glowing review of Dan Snyder um, in his time working my with dog. him. And <laughs> my peeps. But, uh, it, you know, it just – I don't know. This whole situation is so confusing. Capri Bibbs came out and said, "Oh yeah, Dan Snyder was 110% involved. How the heck would Capri Bibbs know what Dan Snyder was up to? I don't know because he was only here for a cup of coffee anyway. He said that he but, said that uh, wasn't it like black people, bro. Who? Uh, Capri Bibbs. Bruce he Allen said, he said somebody didn't like black people today. I forgot who he said it was. I think he said it was Gruden, but he said somebody on that team said somebody doesn't like black people. Well, uh, that's that's such an easy thing to say. I you know I I think everybody most of the people in the organization we've seen. Have shown some of an, somewhat of an appreciation for African Americans. Gruden had good relationships with a lot of them on the team, and who knows if that receptionist <laughs> it wasn't? I don't know. 
Um, you know, it's, but I, I, I th- no, I was go gonna ahead. say it's wild because it, it seemed like a lot of play, players like playing for Jay though, right? And maybe right. maybe it's because he was exactly. easy on them. Who knows? I mean, maybe he's just a good parent. Oh well, he didn't. He have guys over his house. I mean, like it was it was a bit more than just. You know, he was a nice coach. I think, like, Geist knew the family. Um, or it may not have been Geist. It was somebody, like, with the grooves. I think it was Geist, though, was, like, chilling at the crib, playing PlayStation with Jack or whatever, um, you know, which is why he's so overrated. But, I, you know, it just – I guess I hate when players do that after the fact. Um, but because I saw I saw Bib say uh, in that clip I sent out earlier that he liked Jay Gruden. So – you know, take, take it for what it's worth. The guy wasn't really here long enough to establish those type of, you know, issues and concerns. So I'll just take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, I just – I'm ready to move on. Phil, I love what you said earlier about starting fresh and day one. I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm glad all this stuff is happening right now and not six months from now mm-hmm. after we change our name. It's, it's weird that all this comes out this year. It's, for, it's fortuitous was, for okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I didn't like the Red Wolves name. I still don't like it. But if they came out and said, we're the Red Wolves tomorrow and we're moving forward, I'm on board after all this crap. I'd buy a jersey first when it came out. I'd make one at home if I had to. Like, just let's just start new, go to training camp, see what our guys can do, let our quarterback play well, let our running back do the thing and just be a good team. You know, it just it's time. I'm so over the history. Like, all those people on our group that were, like, upset with the name change – right now is the perfect time for this because all that mess that was us needs to stay in the past with all the protests about our name, all the garbage with the women or how they were treated and, and the coach being a whore, you know, public, just <laughs> whatever. That's Leave it there. Coach. That's my dog. Let's, let's just be new. Let's start over, man. It's time. I'm mm-hmm. ready. I'm ready too, fellas. New day. <laughs> New day, new oh, new era, right? That's what we're saying. The new Rivera. So let's get it. Officially, when does training <laughs> camp start for us? I think some of the other teams are like testing players on Monday. Like I haven't seen anything fucking football related from the Redskins. Yeah, that's me neither. I was looking for that I earlier. Can't find today. anything, dude. It's, it's it's frustrating, man. As a fucking fan, yeah. just looking, you're starving for information that's not negative, and you cannot find it. We don't have a team president to put it out. I mean, the, the 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 Chiefs report Monday on the 20th. I think they are set to start practicing on the 25th. I think all teams are going to be in camp by the 28th, though, from what I was reading online from, like, the NFL.com site. But they're still working all this stuff out between the NFLPA and the NFL, and that's also part of the reason why this information is not out like there. Like what? Because the NFL, the NFL uh, had a conference call with the NFLPA today where doctors – told them that training camp would be safe with with COVID out there. Excuse me. What they're arguing about right now is uh, compensation reduction due to the loss of fans and stuff like that. Like they, they can't get past this thing where the owners want to suppress some of the salary dollars um, and the players want them to spread that out over the course of like seven years where the owners are saying, no, 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 we got to take this all back right now because we're losing money. And they're going to lower the salary cap down to $120 million next year, which is ridiculous. But um, that's that's the beef. And they got to solve these things over the next couple of days in order for training camp to. If they did, really it wouldn't have worked to our advantage. If they lowered the cap, yes. that worked to our advantage. Yes. Big time. People would have to cut yeah. people. We wouldn't. 
that's what I was said earlier. Yeah, that that's that shapes up well for us going forward. Yep. Is training camp in Richmond this year? Or is it up in Ashburn? No, Ashburn. Uh, it is in Ashburn, right? So I, I found NFLcommunications.com. It doesn't look like it looks like it's actual NFL page, but I'm not sure if they're just copying the headers. But it says the Washington Redskins will start July 27th for veterans and rookies. So maybe that's the yeah. date. But it says Richmond, Virginia, though. It doesn't say Ashburn, so I'm not sure how legit this is. It looks like a real yeah. NFL page, though. Yeah, we know for sure it's not Richmond. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it, it does show the Chiefs starting on like the 22nd. That's Wednesday, I think. Right? Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that's it. I hope so. I think the NFL should have made two teams for count. And shut it and put them in a bubble for count. Two teams each in each place. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think so would... much was missed in this this off season. Um, I think more teams will be using camp time to actually install. I I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't if especially if there's no preseason like when you look at Haskins, your second year quarterback, first year in this new system, that motherfucker should be installing day one, like getting getting his ass in that playbook and learning it, and knowing hey you're going to be the starter. We don't necessarily need to see you play preseason games. Um, start learning week one playbook protections, calls, whatever. Now, it sucks for those fringe players, though, man, because there's – I don't know how you evaluate them without actually having some of those preseason games that matter for them more than your staff. Well, you're going to get a lot more of those gym class heroes in training camp trying to show their tail. Yeah. And training camp practice, and hopefully that doesn't lead to more injuries of star players. But those guys don't have any other opportunity to make the roster yeah. other than to show up in training camp. You know, you think you think we throw the um, you think Charles gets the left tackle nod without having to necessarily fight for it? I don't think he was going to get it anyway. I think they're going to start that guy we got from the Bears for a few weeks. Uh, I agree. Lundy or something like that. Landy, I forget. You know, that guy. I think that he's probably going to start for a little while. Oh, man. I'm ready to start. Because <laughs> Garon Christian's not – I just have no faith that he's going to show up. Well, I know it's your, I know it's your man to know. Nah, I, I, never no him. Faith. I never liked him. I never liked Yeah, he's just – man, he's so weak, you know, at, at the point of attack. I just – I don't see it, but – they talk. Ron Rivera talked very highly of the guy, and I, I hate that I cannot remember his name. I think it's Lundy. Um, when we signed him, that it, to me it sounded Ledke, like Michael Letke. You know, no, uh, no, I don't think is it Letke. I don't I think don't, so. I think I thought they it was got, so. Left tackle. They got. I'm looking at ESPN's depth chart. They got Jerron Christian as left tackle, um, and then like all the reserves: Cornelius Lucas. Uh, tomorrow. That's okay, it. That's that, it. Lucas. Lucas. Oh, I'm right, sorry, right, Lucas. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got Jerron Christian starting. Yeah, yeah, man. I think Lucas is going to start for a few weeks. Um, you know, and he'll be an average starter or a little bit below average, but they'll scheme to make him somewhat effective. And then I think you know Charles will come in because Charles still needs some development. And I think you know him getting used to the playbook and all the. You know, protection and stuff like that himself at left tackle is a lot to ask with no mini camps too. You know, at that position, so um, I, th- I think he'll be. We'll start probably start out that direction, and then 
kind of move on from there. But Charles will start at some point this year, I believe, unless they're really on I got him as a third-string right tackle. I, I Granted, yes, you can only take it for a grain of salt. It's just ESPN's putting names out. But, yeah. Don't you miss Ty and Seke, though? Damn. Yep. What's he doing now? Buffalo. Buffalo, right tackle. He's a, he's a backup still, though. Harden? Yeah, uh, why are we missing then? He's a backup still. Well, he, he's just he's he's too valuable to be the starter, man, because he's a swing tackle. It just, you know, I know that doesn't make a lot of they sense. They didn't at all. I didn't get that shit at all. What you just said he can play both sides. <laughs> yeah, he'll play both sides. Yeah, and I, yeah I, I say, know, I I say know, you miss yeah. him just because when he did plug in the left side, he was he he, he was good, good enough, good enough that as as you can be coming in for you know the left tackle whose name I will not say. <laughs> By the way, I'm waiting for him to come up with some of these juicy details. Doesn't he seem like he's next because of how his time ended here to come up? Uh, I, I think he's just like I told y'all, and he ain't saying yeah. else. He's like, I already said I gotta say that shit's sad. He didn't, though, say nothing. he didn't say nothing when he had a point when he was on him. He didn't say nothing. True. I don't know if you see something, say something, man. About that. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I hate about all these guys coming out now. Is that like? You were holding on to this information to try to for what? Like if you know people are being abused, not abused, harassed in this environment to the point where they're scared to come to work, as Rhiannon Walker said, why are you holding on to that? Like you know, I don't, oh, yeah. that's not okay. But something serious, tell man. But I don't really care that you know Gruden was banging uh, your side chick, man. That to me, man, that's personal. I don't, I don't want to know about that, man. You know, I don't want to know about yeah, that, and yeah. I don't want to know that you know. Uh, Meg the Stein got shot in the foot. You know, I don't care about that girl, man. You shot in the foot. Tory Lanez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't make this year up, man. <laughs> 2020 or something, brother. Man. Rapper shooting other rappers in the foot. <laughs> 2020, absolutely. Any, any parting shots, fellas? Nah, shout out to the uh Redskins add us Facebook group, like, subscribe, follow the podcast. We'll have you on Zoom. Shout out to our youngest fan out there that I know of, Sean. I know you're listening. Keep spreading the word. Shout out to our future guests that we're going to get to come on. We'll start reaching out to some of these former Redskins players and, and Redskins hopefuls, and let's see if we can make some magic here. So. Shout out to 2020. Fuck off. I hate it. <laughs> and to Sean's mom, I'm sorry. I didn't know the kids would listen. I say all kinds of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, fellas. Hail. Hail. Later. Peace. Hail.